Amen. Wow, it's been amazing to be here. And uh, just to feel the freedom. And uh, one of the preacher's nightmares is when you're sitting in the chair and the sermon changes. And uh, yeah, but anyway, let's just go with the flow. <laughs> I want to just say that I gave some testimonies of what Jesus is doing in Delft, but those were like uh, on the social side. And I want to give some spiritual ones. I'll give you a change. We'll do some what Jesus is doing in the spirit. Uh, it's been amazing. As you, we went through COVID too. And uh, we were told that where we work is a hot spot. And we were told not to go there. And uh, we literally kind of defined what the authority said we should do, and we went. And as soon as the government said we could open up, we opened up. And I want to tell you, at the back of COVID, we can say that nobody, nobody in our community surrounds of the church died of COVID. Amen. Nobody died of COVID. And I, I want to share why. Because there was people in our church that literally pray from midnight, 12 a.m., until 1 a.m. every day for the protection of our church. There's people that are praying for Barnet Church that have never set foot because they, they want to know that revival is happening. And so they're praying that your lives will be changed. And one day, you're going to see somebody who's going to come up to you and say, my brother, my sister, I've been praying for you from the deep south of Africa. Because people are really praying that the God would move in London. And so when we would wake up in the morning, we would literally pray from one side of Delft to the other, going over everybody's house and putting the sign of the cross, the blood cross, on everybody's home. We literally had four people that got COVID, not in our church. They were part of our church, but not in our building, if you know what I'm saying. And nobody was taken to hospital. That's what God can do. And I know for certain that nobody died in our surrounding area of COVID because if they did, they would have come to see me. And that's what God does. And so what I want to say is that the power of prayer, and I, I hear about the Zoom prayer meeting and the half night of prayer, I want you to really get behind it. We pray in our church every Tuesday, every second Tuesday as a church. And on a Friday evening, people gather to pray. And that's changed the destiny of our church. That truly has changed the destiny. And I can feel, by coming here this morning, the destiny of bondage is changing. And so what we need to realize this morning that God is moving through all the hardships, all the feeling of hopelessness, all the feeling of what's the point. I want to tell you, you need to push through right now so that you can see the point. You know, right now I'm thinking of that story that we find in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And when we were praying before church, God gave me a word for the church and I want to share it with the church that I sense it was like God was pouring his blessing on people in the church. 
Can we, can we say amen? You know, in, in South Africa, we say amen. We, we, we get a little bit impassioned. Uh, I know you're English and very reserved and you don't want to move, but I want you to practice saying amen. Amen, amen you know. Uh, earlier on, I was at the back of the church and I got excited and I shouted, come on! And that's what I do in, in, in Cape Town when God's moving and I get blessed. I said, come on! And uh, some people turned around. I don't know if they thought people were coming into the church or I was watching a soccer game or whatever. But uh, when I say come on, it's because I'm getting excited for what God is doing. Amen? Can we, can we all practice saying, come on! Come on. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to read. It has changed, as I warned you. But nevertheless... And when I, the picture that God gave me was that the Holy Spirit is beginning to touch people in the church. Some are receiving of being filled up and others aren't putting their cup out to receive and staying the same. And we're we going to pray in a few minutes for people to have their cups filled up. We're going to pray for people to have their cups filled up. And I want to read your story. Acts chapter 3. I apologize, that has changed. Acts chapter 3. And Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to, to, to take part in the three, three o'clock prayer meeting service. As they approached the temple, a man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter, he was about to enter. He asked them for some money. Peter looked. Peter and John looked at him intently and said, Look at this. This lame man is looking eagerly and expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I can give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Today I want to say, I know you all have Jesus. I want to say, get up. Get up. You know, that might sound abrupt, it might sound rude, but I want to say, get up and do what Jesus wants you to do. Your expectation of being here today, like the beggar, his expectation was to receive money. Your expectation for coming today is maybe because it's Sunday. Maybe because it's the right thing to do because we're English. It's so nice to be able to say we're English. Originally, I am English. But Jesus is saying something else today. Saying, get up. Silver and gold I cannot give you, but I can give you the name of Jesus. And when we have the name of Jesus, our situations totally change. You see, we, we worry about our governments. We worry about the NHS. We worry about it, where we are in South Africa. Our electricity is off 10 hours a day. That's a concern. What am I going to do without Wi-Fi for 10 hours? <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Joking. But seriously, it's a concern. It affects our economy. It affects everything about our country. So it's, our situation is becoming hopeless. But what we can do, we can give Jesus to South Africa. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For all the governments are on his shoulders. So whether you like the government you got or whether you don't like the government, all the ultimate government is on God's shoulder. And so we, whether it's hopeless, and right now reading the news in England, it is pretty hopeless. 
I'll be honest, I haven't been in England and experienced what I've been seeing on the news for a long time. But I'm here today to say I give you Jesus. I definitely can't give you silver and gold, but I can give you Jesus. I can give you the fact that get up and have hope. Get up and come to a place where let Jesus change your life. You see, this year, or last year, was one of the most challenging years for Glenda and I physically. We were both in hospital at different stages, but God calls us to get up. And what I want to say is that sometimes we go through COVID experiences, sometimes we go through sickness to bring us out on the other side so that we can understand who Jesus is. We go through difficulties, we go through hardships, not to prove how how much endurance we have, but to realize if it wasn't for Jesus, where would we be today? That's the place you have to say, come on, Clive. Amen. That's where you have to say, come on. Because we have to realize that without Jesus, we're going to go nowhere. And I'm so excited to see what's happening here in Barnet. The presence. That, that's it. Come on, Andy, come on. The, the presence of what, what's here is amazing. But this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of what God wants to do. Lives need to be changed for Jesus. In the scripture reading that we read earlier on, it talks about Jesus coming back, looking into the sky. He's coming back. When you read in Matthew chapter 24, it's clear that he's coming back. And it's very clear that there's 10 people that are going to be waiting. Five are going to be ready and five aren't. So this half of the church is going to go. And sorry, you're going to stay behind. Okay. Okay, maybe it's this half that's going. But that's a reality. It's not 99 they're going to make it and one's going to stay behind. It's half are going to be ready and half not. And so you can be here today, but where's your heart for Jesus? You can be sitting here. I was going to say you can be a pew warmer, but you don't have pews. Thank goodness. We've sat on some hard pews in the last few weeks. But seriously, where's your heart? Where's your heart? Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back to fetch us. You know, the oil that the brides had is not oil that you can buy. That's oil of lifestyle. That's oil of having a relationship with Jesus. That's why when when the five foolish brides went to the five that had oil and said, no, we can't help you. And there's going to be a scurry. When Jesus comes, people are going to try and catch up and they're going to miss out. I don't want to preach doom and gloom, but I want to warn us today that Jesus is coming. He's coming to fetch the church. And there's certain things that we have to understand that he's he's expecting of us. And we read in Galatians chapter 5.
Galatians chapter 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, verse 19, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's coming a time that we need to separate ourselves from the world. You see, the spirit of compromise has come into the church. The spirit of compromise has come into the church. And it says, if you feel good, you can do it. We need to come up against that spirit because quite clearly the Bible says, for those will not inherit the kingdom of God. But look what it says. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives. Love. How many of us want love? Joy. Peace. I, I, I like peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. You see, part of having your cup full is receiving joy. Part of having your cup full is saying goodbye to the past, the sinful nature. And in the culture that we live in the first world, it's very easy for that to creep back in. And I sense the Holy Spirit is saying, if, I, if you want to fill your cup, say goodbye to the past and say, here I am waiting for the new. Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 says, forget the former things and see I'm doing a new thing. I believe God's doing a tremendous new thing in this, in this community. Come on! It's got to be the place. Not that the outward looks right. You all look beautiful. I can see none of you just got out of bed and came to church. You made an effort. But if we do a spiritual stock take of our lives, where would we stand today? Where would we stand? You see, according to what we see here, everybody's fantastic. But inside, inside, we need to come this morning and I'm going to open the altar in a few minutes and I want to pray for people to have their cup filled. There's a dryness. After COVID, there's a tremendous dryness in the church. Testimony of our church, we treaded water for two years. When I asked God, what stage are we as a church? He told me, you treaded water for two years. When you tread water, you're literally staying alive. If you're in a shipwreck, you tread water so that you can survive. And last year, our theme was advance. Man, God helped us to advance. Our best year in 22 years spiritually, last year. We saw a lady coming in on a crutch. We had a miracle campaign. Four services. Sunday. Same as this. 
Monday evening. We never have church on a Monday evening. Tuesday evening is prayer. Wednesday evening is revival service. We saw a lady coming in, hobbling in on a crutch. And I, and I said, Lord, may she leave without a crutch. And sure enough, she came. And we prayed for her. And she left with a crutch. Under the arm, walking. Next service, back in the church, dancing. You see what Jesus can do. Now, you might say, well, that's Africa. We don't have an African God and an English God. The same God. The name of Jesus has never lost its power. Turn to your neighbor and say, the name of Jesus has never lost its power. No, 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 I can't hear. The name of Jesus has never lost its power. Your vicar's nice and loud, so why can't you be loud? Come on. We need to get to a place. Silver and gold, I cannot give you. But even if I could give it to you, it'll last for a small moment. But what I can give you today is Jesus. I can give you Jesus. When we had that miracle campaign, on the Monday we never have church, and I went into the church, and I'm very religious in where I sit. I sit right there. And when I got in at 20 to 7, and the service started at 7, there was hardly anybody there. And I said, Lord, you know Monday night's not a church night. Maybe we shouldn't have done Monday night. And I started to pray, the power of God to come down. And when I got up after 15 minutes of praying, the church was three quarters full. I want to tell you, the power of prayer, the challenge that I want to leave with Barnet is keep praying. Pre-expecting revival. Keep expecting revival. Let's bow our heads.